Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so happy to be here. I can't believe we're almost at the end of December 2021. Where has this year flown by? Many of us never thought we'd get through 2020, and here we are ending up at the end, and we're all here. The people I love are here on my show. I just met them, and I love them already. It's December 13th. I want to say, my guest, before I introduce you, we have some very important business to take care of. This is called infrastructure. As somebody told me, in the future, it's just going to be called stuff. So we're taking care of stuff. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to help me say, hello, LLL. One, two, three. Hello, LLL. L. There you go. LLL is lovely lanky Laura Legs, our most loyal listener. She's in Whitestone, New York. I've been taking up a fictitious GoFundMe for years to try and get her to move to London. We haven't raised enough money, fictitious crypto or otherwise, so she's still in Whitestone, but we love her very much. And I'm warning you, she listens and she takes notes. And every Monday night at 8.01 p.m. Eastern, Nick and Mitch and Denise, everybody wave hello to Facebook, please. Laura will email me and she'll tell me, this is what I got from Nick. This is what I got from Denise. This is what I got from Mitch. She does a little recap, and she tells me how much she loves my guests. So we love Laura. Wonderful. Today, as I said, is December 13th. It is the 347th day of the Gregorian calendar. Everybody say thank you, Greggy. One, two, three. Thank you, Thank you Greg. Greggy. I don't know whether his mom called him Greg, Greggy, Gregory, but we still use his calendar, and that counts for something. And let's see what this is now. There are 18 days left in 2021. Now, listen. To my listeners around the world, if you haven't bought something to drink on New Year's Eve yet, the liquor store shelves are going to be cleaned out soon. There's not much time left to make your own Kahlua or that still in the backyard with the used to be called bootleg whiskey. You have a little bit of time to brew something that's going to be special for New Year's Eve. So get thee a beverage for New Year's Eve. It's the 49th Monday in 2021, and nobody gives a crap about that except me. We're in the Western Zodiac of Sagittarius. If you're a Sagittarius, anybody on the panel, Sagittarius? Nick, okay, there you go. Well, attractive and graceful. We can see that wisdom, youthfulness, optimism. You develop an influential social circle. Your astrological symbol is the archer ruled by the planet Jupiter. You're governed by the fire element. Ouch, which gives you a constant pursuit for change and growth. How's that? So let me tell my audience who we've got on the show. When I describe you, raise your hand. Let's do it that way, and then we'll get to your names. I have an award-winning creative who is prized for her work in marketing, public relations, TV, and radio production, <gasps> and video production. Who could she be? Are you going to raise your hand there? Is she frozen? <laughs> She's frozen. I We're all frozen. Oh, there we go. To see if Nick was going to raise his, raise his <laughs> hand. <from it. laughs> We're freezing a little bit. I've got good yeah. bandwidth, but something's going on with the stars. Then we've got a comic book illustrator and creator with more than 20 years working with the industry's largest publishers and franchises, including Captain America, the X-Men, and Drax the Destroyer. Who could that be? Somebody raise their hands and wave. That's me. Unless, there you go. Claim credit. Yeah. We keep freezing. I don't know what's going on here, but my bandwidth is all over the top here, so we're going to end... Finally, 
Guess who? We have a screenwriter, a director, a film and TV producer, a fine artist, illustrator. He doesn't sleep. Photographer and creative SEO-driven content publisher. Raise your hand if that applies to you. That's there me. We, there we go. So welcome. Now let me tell you who my special guests are. We have the beautiful and talented Denise McDonald. Doraman Denise. Hello. I'm going to have you introduce yourself fully in a minute. We have Mitch Brightweiser. Mitch, so happy to have you. And we have Nick with the beard of the century. I got to tell you, if you're not on Facebook, you won't believe how this man looks. Nick Amendolori. Did I pronounce that right, Nick? Did you I were say spot that? on. It's impressive. Most people kind of choke on it, but you, you, man, are so you just kind. sailed right through it. You are so kind. Thank you. We practice. We won't tell anybody that. Let's I go was around. Hoping the- not to bring it up. I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to build you up, and you just kind of killed it. Okay. But yeah, we practiced. We practiced, I'm, we, we practiced a little. Yes, <laughs> I think there's a fencing company in um, Malvern, New York, called Amandalares, and a friend of mine used to live near there. And I, I figured that the name sounded. I'm sorry. I just. I don't want to burst the bubble, Nick. No, no, it could be because my grandfather, he's long gone now, he was a fencer. No lie. He was actually actually one of the alternates for Olympic team one year. Oh, Oh, I'm talking about... (laughs) Oh, oh, you meant like a fencing with the thing and I'm... Nick, that was I'll one of the best. I'll show myself out. I'll show <laughs> the three you can handle. It, I'll just show myself that out. That was I'm one good. of the best gotchas a guest has ever done to me on live radio. You win. Not only you have the beard, Denise, and I'm sorry, but he's got the, yeah, I don't know. That was really creative. That's really cool. And that's what we're here to talk about creativity. Let's go around the table. Let's hope we don't keep freezing, but we keep coming <laughs> back. So I guess it's okay. Facebook, just bear with us there. Okay, Denise Dorman, so happy to meet you. And I have to thank you, give you bravo and kudos for inviting these two wonderful gentlemen to join us great. today. Yeah. And you're pretty great for saying, when I met you at the Publicity Summit six months ago, you said, I've got some great guests to bring you. And I said, fine, because I liked you in the two and a half minutes you had to pitch me. I said, this woman has gravitas. She is, she's solid. Anybody she invites is going to be terrific. So I don't even know what that means, but it sounded good. So Denise Dorman, I'm putting you on full screen speaker view. Would you please do us the honor of telling us who the real Denise Dorman is? Go ahead. Oh, is this for all ages? Is this safe for work? Ah, yeah, go ahead. Be nice. Uh, Who am I? Who am I? I'm an adoptee who reunited with my biological family the day after I turned 40. I am the mom of 17-year-old Jack, who is giving me these two vertical wrinkles between my eyes. I am a writer, producer, uh, creative, and publicist. And I'm authoring my book right now, my memoir, which is called Blood Orange and Other Secrets I've Only Told My Friends. So that's my deal. Where did you get the title, Blood Orange? Come on, tell me about it. Oh, it's kind of disturbing. I don't know if I want. Okay, <laughs> I don't know if I want to bring everybody down. <laughs> okay, well, we'll we'll leave it that. Let's just yeah. say it's a very colorful title, and it, it will attract. Yes. Don't you think headlines matter, Denise? Don't you find they, that? Yeah. Absolutely. They really do. I keep yeah. trying to tell them I have another name and I have another life as a business broadcaster. I keep telling my guests that no matter how serious on business and technology and enterprise strategies your show is, you have to have a sexy title that will bring people in because people want to not only be informed, inspired, educated, they want to be entertained. You're singing to the choir because B2B, especially B2B and especially SaaS, oh my gosh, They need to humanize their brands. They're so boring. I mean, why does everything have to look the same and look ugly? Why can't it look like a Madison Avenue ad? They're crazy. 
It needs to be beautiful. There you go. Thank you very much, Denise. And now we're going to go around the table to Mitch. Mitch Breitweiser. So I, I didn't ask you how to pronounce your name, but I'm doing it phonetically. You, Did I get? You nailed it. Yeah, perfect. Oh, yeah, so you're two honored. for two tonight. Okay. Well, let's hope. I, well, I've already, yeah, I think Dorman <laughs> and I got pretty well. Mitch, I'm putting you on speaker view. Would you kindly introduce yourself? Tell us all the wonderful things you do. Go ahead. All right. Well, uh, my name is Mitch Breitweiser. Uh, my wife and I uh, have worked in at Marvel and DC and Image Comic Books for a combined like 25, 30 years, uh, coloring, drawing, writing, creating comic books. And uh, in 2018, we set about building our own publishing company, Allegiance Arts, uh, which is the stuff I have behind me here. And uh, we've been distributing our line of proprietary comic books um, created by ourselves and our amazing peers and network of collaborators, as well as Nick, uh, who's our editor in chief as well. So a little introduction for Nick. So we've been producing this line of comic books since uh, 2020 into Walmart stores nationwide. And so we're having a blast doing that and work with some really incredibly talented individuals across the world, uh, artists, writers, um, editors, colorists, uh, you, you name it. So we have a, a great time doing that and are very, very fortunate. And we're very, very fortunate to have you. Do you wake up in the morning and Mitch and say, I'm a creative person, I'm going to create something today? Is that is that something that I, I'm going to go around the table in a second, but Mitch, I'm picking on you first. What do you think? Uh, you know, I wake up every day wanting to create, to get that may I say it, high of creating yes. something really special, right? It's something yes. I really, really value. It doesn't deliver every single day because you've got business to run, a publishing company to manage, people to call, meetings to make. But I live for those moments where I can create with with myself, people, uh, other collaborators, friends, uh, or anywhere it might happen. But I live for it. It's exciting, isn't it? That mm -hmm. feeling of something that nobody else has done or that you've never done. Let's go around the table before we get too waxing philosophical here. Sure. Nick Amendolare, I said yes. it again. It's right. Perfect. Nick, go on Facebook live here on full screen. Let people see that gorge. How long did it? I, I've never asked. This is, um, I started pre-pandemic, um, I guess two years ago, a friend of mine said, listen, I'm raising, she's, she came to me in like September. She goes, listen, I'm raising money in November. Do me a solid and grow out for November and give me some cash. I'm like, okay, fine. Not sure because it's been years since I had a beard. I'm like, you know, I better start early. And at first I'm like, oh, I don't know, man. And then when it started to come in, people were very, uh, very complimentary. And I went, okay, I think I could pull this off. I wasn't sure if I was going to be a beard guy because it's not just being a beard guy. Now you got to have the products. Now you got to blow dry it. Now you got to clean it. And before then, I'm like, oh, I'm a wet shaver. I'm done. So two years. That's my long answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much. It's very impressive and very gorgeous. Would you please introduce the rest of yourself besides your beard, Nick? Well, as Mitch said, I'm currently the editor-in-chief for Allegiance Arts and Entertainment. Uh, but my background is in film and television. And that's really where I started uh, after college. I went to film school in London, moved to L.A., got started uh, working, directed my first feature a long, long time ago, and my second, and then got into broadcast television and got into the, the early years of uh, reality TV, and that's where I stayed for most of my career was in broadcast television. And uh, a friend gave me a tip that Mitch and the gang were looking for a writer, and I went, 
I loved comic books as a kid. And so I contacted Mitch and another mutual friend, someone who'd worked with him, made an introduction and we hit it off. And six months later, I'm still here. There you go. Well, thank you very much, Denise, Denise, again. Wonderful. But Denise, there's somebody in the background helping you there, and we have to know who that person is. You have to introduce him. You wrote his biography. He's very famous in his own right. He can either come on screen or just tell us, who's the guy in the background? Who's the wizard? Go ahead. Unfortunately, he's he stepped away, but I can show you his book. I've got it here. Ah, Here it is. Looks heavy. It Holy is. It's wow. wow. I don't know if you can see and that. It's called Rolling Thunder. Rolling Thunder, the art of the Dave Dorman. So Fantastic. see how thick this book is? See this? Yeah. Yep. I wrote this in five days. Oh my gosh. That's I incredible. think you know the well, subject very well. You yes. want to tell us how you know him? Oh, so Dave Dorman is my husband, and he uh is a legendary comic book artist. He's an Eisner Award-winning comic book illustrator, cover artist, creator. Uh, he did Aliens Tribes, which is what he won his Eisner Award for. He did that. Um, he has his own series called um, The Wasted Lands, which is a little bit on hiatus right now, but he's, he's doing a lot of other projects right now. Um, so, yeah, he and, he and he does a lot of mentoring, and he does a show every day on Facebook where he does, uh, and I'm sure Mitch has seen it, where he does live art. Mm-hmm. So he, he teaches people how to do oil painting every day, which I think is a great thing. I wish he'd monetize it, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. How did you meet Dave? I think people, people want to know. It used to be, Denise, you got to meet a lawyer. You got to meet a doctor. And, and you met this, le- I'm sorry, you met this legendary person in a totally different field. And, mm-hmm. and you wrote his biography in five days. All of that is beyond impressive. But how did you meet? Well, <laughs> it was very much a, a faded, uh, faded event because I was supposed to go to the premiere of a film that I, that my, uh, my, cameraman did called uh, Cynthia the Plaster Caster, which was about the uh, the girl in Los Angeles that followed rock bands around and took plaster impressions of all the, you know, and there was like a whole court case. It was a whole thing. So <laughs> when you said, was, you know, are we supposed to know it's something we're not going to talk about on? Yes. Uh, this, okay. So, all right. So Cynthia the Plaster Caster. So the movie was called Plaster Caster. So I was going to go to it, and my cameraman called me at the last minute and canceled because his, his um, brother had passed away, unfortunately. So I thought, well, I was going to go to this holiday party, so I'll just show up. And so I showed up at my friend's holiday party, and, and there was Dave. And so the rest is history. So we met that night, and um, and then he, he was living in Florida, and this was in Illinois. And then um, he came back up for New Year's Eve, and then... I think I went down to visit him in Florida the next month and, and we were together ever since. So it was a long distance relationship for, you know, a whole year and then nine one one happened. And so that's when I decided to sell my condo and moved to Florida to be with him. And then we got married in 03, had our son in 04, moved back to Illinois in 05. 
<laughs> so. quite, quite a journey, a lot of yeah. states involved. Thank you very yes. much. <laughs> it was that party, and he's singing to himself, something in the way she moves. I try not to <laughs> sing. I could play my drums. That would be better, but they're in the other room. <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you very much. I, if I go low range. As my new band, by the way, is called Blueberry Jam because I live on a place called Bloomsbury Manor. I won't oh. give you any more details. And my band manager, who is my significant other, said, well, why don't we make a, a – play on words for Bloomsbury, let's call it Blueberry. And since you want a jam, let's call it Blueberry Jam. So we're calling ourselves Blueberry Jam. <laughs> That's cute. That's, yeah. Really, really cute. Yes, we're going to have a lot of fun with this. So I tell you what, the three of you very graciously filled out what we call a jot form, which is a little online link to putting out your, putting your bio, your photo. And I asked you each for a fictional quote from a movie or a TV character or from a song lyric that helps you express or expresses how you feel about creativity. Our theme is creativity. So I'm going to read the quote. I couldn't find too much about the exact location of this one and which queen it was. Denise, you'll know what I'm talking about in a second. But tell me how you found the quote and what it expresses about creativity for you. So the quote is, I dare say you haven't had much practice, said the queen, why, sometimes I've believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. Alice laughed. There's no use trying, she said. One can't believe impossible things, the queen then the quoted. She said, when I was your age, I always did it for half an hour a day. Why, sometimes I believed as many as six impossible things before breakfast. That's the scene. Sorry to murder that one so badly, Denise. Denise, oh, isn't that, wow. That's really cool. She's holding up a, a poster, mm -hmm. a framed poster of that saying. So mm -hmm. what does this have to do with creativity? As if we didn't know, but we want to hear it in your own words. Denise, go ahead. For me, it's, it's all about optimism. It, it's so important to see the world as what's possible instead of what is. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is a quote from Alice in Wonderland. And not that I'm a huge Alice in Wonder, I like it, but it's, I'm not obsessed like some people are. But that particular quote has always resonated with me, and so I, I surround myself with it. I have an office offsite, and I even have it on the door of the office. It's a giant, um, you know, print of it. I just love it. It just, it, it just, it's my true north. Everybody should have a true north. Do you mm -hmm. do you think that creative people have a true north, Denise? What do you think? I do, I do. That a place where everybody's we go? Everybody's a little different. Some's, yeah. Some is a little southeast, but <laughs> everyone's <laughs> a little different. Mitch, but, yeah. do you want to take a detour before we get to Mitch's quote? Mitch, do you have a true north, something you call a true north? I, I, maybe not by those particular words, but I definitely you know, feel like I'm going a particular direction, and I feel a, kind of a calling to go that way. So like I just follow the path before me, and sometimes it means having machete and hacking my way through it, but like, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But that's the way it goes. I call it when you see that door open a little bit, you just put your foot in it and you just push it and you see that window. You go, okay, we need yeah, some fresh air. You climb in. Ditto, ditto. Nick, what's your, do you have a true north or a, something like this? That's a good question. I think it has to do for me, um, I, I'm unfortunately one of those rank moralists. So it's within the framework of um, am I serving? Am I doing right? Uh, am I being of value? Uh, not in sort of a freaky way, but is what I'm doing of service to others? And I think if you stay that course, regardless of what your artwork is, 
you know, because we really, as much as we think we do it for ourselves, I do think we owe it to others to share that gift, regardless of whatever that gift is. And as long as I'm sharing that gift, I know that I'm pointing true north. Isn't that interesting? I'll relate a quick story. I started painting just before the pandemic. I started doing some watercolors, geometrics, and I switched to paint pouring with acrylics. And my paintings often talk different things to different people. Like I'll do a painting, I'll pour the paint, I'll tilt it, I'll put little sparkles on it. I'll look at it and say, oh, all of a sudden, three elephants appear walking across the painting. I, I, I didn't put them there. Three little gray elephants following like in a circus line. One day, it was like Broadway had reopened in my painting, mm. and there were people on stage, and there was an audience in an orchestra pit. I didn't put them there. They, they were there. And, and one time, there were a bunch of things out in this field, and it was green, it was dark, and it was a golf course. And I gave the painting as a gift to a friend. <laughs> and I look at them. Sometimes I turn them. Somebody said to me, turn the painting 90 degrees. I have 150 paintings here. My walls are covered. My garage wow. is a, a museum. I, I'm not painting right now That's because that, that mood just stopped. And I have a lot of canvases. A lot. Of, Michaels hates me because I stop going there every <laughs> week. But anyway, they keep saying, we're going to be on sale. Come back, come back. But my point is that, to your point, Nick, my paintings, as I, as I allow them, I didn't say I create them. As I allow them to happen, say different things to different people. People look and say, oh, I see I see lilies on a pond. No, I see planets. No, I see cars in space. I see the first robo-taxi. So it's interesting that, I don't know, Nick, would you say that I'm serving my audience by giving them something to think about without even oh, I, realizing it? Absolutely. I think sometimes they have a tendency to kind of degrade, not everyone, a gift that comes that's handmade. I find that type of intimacy incredibly beautiful and vulnerable. And when you give something from your heart like that, I think that is so personal that it commands a response. And sometimes that response is emotionally overwhelming. Not to get too deep, but I have found that when people have given me something very personal, I cherish it more than, hey, I bought you this cool T-shirt. Oh, okay. And t-shirts are lovely, but... Yes. Thank you. That was very kind. And by the way, what you see behind me... Yeah. One, not her, not the, the caricature, but Thank this you. is one of my early... And I had the artist at Voice America add the lips, but this was <laughs> one of my early geometrics, if you can see it. You can see the implication of buildings. And those are real earrings that I punched. Uh, Denise, these are odd, odds and ends of earrings that lost their mates over the years. And I punched the back, pierced ears, through the canvas. And what you're seeing is real jewelry hung on a canvas. And I that's love it. Very cool. Interesting. So those are some of the, the buildings and the cityscape, and it's... One of my very first ones, but I made it into the background. Thank you so much for Nick. I really appreciate that. Um, I'm enjoying the con that's what my show is. It's a sharing of we're talking about interpretations, about creativity, what's in your heart, what you feel, what you think. And I'm really appreciating all of you. Let's go to Mitch, who has waited so patiently. He okay. sent us a quote from Charles Morris, played by the one and only Anthony Hopkins, the movie The Edge, 1997 American survival film. The plot follows wealthy businessman Charles Morris, played by Hopkins, photographer Bob Green, played by one of the Baldwins, and assistant Stephen, played by Harold Perrineau. I don't know who must trek through the elements and try to survive after their plane crashes in the Alaskan wilderness while being threatened by a large Kodiak bear, played by Bart the Bear. I'm going to stop there. Here's the quote. What one man can do, another can do. 
Mitch, help me out here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I mean, that's for some reason that quote from that movie that which came out in the 90s when I was much younger has stuck with me all these years. And it was sort of like a motivational thing. Like, I mean, becoming a comic book artist uh, like Dave uh, is and a painter is not an easy journey to take. And just sort of having like, you know, it's it's a it's an acknowledgement that one, somebody else has done it and I can do it, too. And that also, when I get there, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants. So that that quote kind of always spoke to me in regards to my career trajectory and where I wanted to go and take my creative path. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it. I appreciate it. Very interesting. Nick, let's go to your quote. This is from Jeffrey the Dude Lebowski, played by Jeff Bridges. He's talking, talking to blonde treehorn thug holding up a bowling ball. What the F blank blank K is this? The Big Lebowski 1998 crime comedy film. I love that. They put genres together, crime comedy. And the quote is, obviously, you're not a golfer. Oh, my. Nick, um, talk to me. What is this? I, 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 I had a different quote, but I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to sound so ponderous that it'll, like, turn you off. Um, the Big Lebowski is one of my favorite films because it's so absurd. And uh, Lebowski is basically shanghai in his own apartment by these two thugs looking for money. And the blonde one has a bowling ball in his hand. And he says, what the F is this? And all Lebowski can say is, obviously, you're not a golfer. And sometimes when you meet absurdity, you kind of have to meet it with humor. Otherwise, you drive yourself crazy. And... It's a way of, how do I say it? It's not insulting someone, but it's like, I really have to explain to you what a bowling ball is? <laughs> so he says, obviously, you're not a golfer. There you go. Thank it, you. Some, sometimes that's all it takes, right? Just it, it, It's one of the, it's my favorite line of the movie because it's so absurd. It has, it's bizarre. It's I, like, had, I had the rug as a mouse pad. I have, okay, if we're going to do geek. Go ahead. My mouse pad is the rug from The Shining. <gasps> oh, What are you I'm talking so about jealous. rugs? How, how do you get, how do you find, how do you know about rugs in movies? Denise. <laughs> um, well, I ahead. love The Big Lebowski. It's like the greatest movie ever, but so is The Shining. <laughs> and both with famous rugs. Well, both with famous rugs. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I didn't know. Well, see, I learned everything. Before we go to some of your creativity statements, which we've been working on, I want to quickly go through some famous birthdays today. And I want to thank, I think it was Nick before the show, helped give me some background on one, on one of the, the famous birthdays. So Dick Van Dyke, alive and well at 95. Yay, yay, okay, yay. Had yeah, his own show. Right. Remember the Dick Van Dyke show? Oh, yeah. And his brother Jerry's pretty cool too. Christopher Plummer would have been 91 today. He left us in February. Oh, wow. I could see I just froze again. Here we go. Music and film producer Lou Adler is 87. I hope some of these names resonate. Actor and comedian Jamie Foxx is all of 53. Singer, t- can everybody still hear me? Because oh, we're yeah. free- freezing mm-hmm. on a regular basis. So I'm looking and it's just frozen, frozen, frozen. But as long as you can hear me, it's okay. Singer Ted Nugent is 72 today. And here's the one that Nick helped me with. Rock musician Jeff Skunk Baxter is 72. He played guitar for the Doobie Brothers and for Steely Dan. Okay, Mm -hmm. so happy birthday. Country singer-musician Randy Owen is a young 71. Actress Wendy Malick, who appears in various interesting Mm -hmm. things, and she's always – she is the principal – 
or the dean of a college where young Sheldon goes on the sequel to uh, The Big Bang Theory. Mm -hmm. She is the college president and very quirky. That's what she does, quirky character. 70, Wendy Malick. Welcome to the grown-up years, my dear. (laughs) Singer-actor Morris Day, I don't know who he is, is 64. Steve Bashimi is 63. Uh, An actress from Hawaii Five O. Kimmy Balamero is 41. I don't know who she is. Um, Rock singer Amy Lee is 39 from Effervescent, and Taylor Swift, everybody say happy birthday, Taylor Swift. Anybody have an idea how old she is? She's still a baby. Denise, any 90, idea? 30. 30? 32. 31. 31. 31. Boy, we had the mix-up. We had not even 30, 30, 32. She's 31. Thank mm-hmm. you for leaving that. I have a couple of social media birthdays, people I've never heard of, but they're celebrating, and somebody cared to put them on the internet. So Stampy is a YouTube star, is 30. Okay. Somebody named Rage Elixir, that's one word, 24, happy birthday. SV2, that's the letter S, the letter V, and the number two is 22, YouTube star. Miss Mina or Mina is 33, YouTube also. And somebody named Komodo Gaming. I don't know if it's like a Komodo dragon, but Komodo Gaming is 25. So there. Okay. I'm, I'm really annoyed because I keep freezing on my own screen, but as long as you can all hear me, I think we're still airing. Are we, we still can. broadcasting live? We're good? Okay. As long as the voice. Let's go through some national holidays really quickly. These are crazy. Today is Monday, the 13th of December. It's National Violin Day. Anybody play violin? Anybody like to hear people play violins? Of course. Of course. There you go. Maybe on sur, he said in French. It's National Ice Cream Day. Favorite flavor, Nick? Oh, man. Rocky Road. Okay. Mitch, favorite flavor? Today, pistachio. Ooh, mm. does it ch- will it be different tomorrow? It might be chocolate. I don't know. <laughs> but, but will you love me? It depends on my me. creative true north. Uh, but will you love me tomorrow? That's what your ice cream is asking. Denise, favorite yes. flavor? There's no other flavor but butter pecan. Oh, boy. I have Good to take a, a veer. Chocolate truffle, which is a Breyers <laughs> flavor, has little chunks mm. of real dark chocolate. And there's something now called Triopolitan, which has three flavors of chocolate. One has little teeny tiny chocolate chips. One is a – it has a little bit of a something like a fudge running through it, and the other one is – and they're three packed into one. Of course, you oh. don't get a real half gallon anymore, but I always – True. reprimand the gentleman who stocks that part of the Harris Teeter where I live because I say, how dare you put ice cream on sale this week? Don't you know if it's on sale, it has no calories and I have to buy it. <laughs> so he's learning to tolerate me, but I'll find him. I'll track him down and say, I asked you not to put ice cream on sale. I just stocked up two weeks ago. This is not fair. Okay, so that's my deal with him. It's also National Cocoa Day. I just made cocoa tonight. Denise, do you enjoy cocoa? The best cocoa I ever had in my life was in Madrid, Spain. It's Mm. like hot pudding. There is nothing in the world like it. I just made that today. I'll tell you my recipe. Nick, do you like cocoa, cocoa, cocoa? On occasion. I'm more of a coffee guy, but, you know, every now and then, cocoa with the large mushroom and the mushrooms, the large marshmallows. Mm. (laughs) That might work for some people, too. That's my second slip of the day. (laughs) The plaster caster might have have enjoyed it. I'll show myself out. (laughs) No, no, no. You're staying. You leave the beard. Mitch, do you like cocoa? uh, Yes, I I love it with marshmallows and Mm. uh, 
especially okay. this time of year. So I'll tell you how to get the thick pudding kind, Denise. When yeah. you take your dry cocoa, I use Hershey's unsweetened, put yeah. it in a mug, and then add a little bit of cornstarch. Mix it up oh. very well. Oh. The little bit of hot water or hot coffee, make a syrup. Then add either half and half. I use the fat-free half and half or use 1% milk, any kind of milk or cream, however rich your diet and your carb counter is that for that day. Microwave it, but only at 20 to 30 seconds at a time and keep stirring it because it will thicken and you don't want it to make a hard rock bottom there. You want to keep it thickening. And then when you're done, you can add your marshmallows or I use some of that marshmallow cream. Oh my, they keep putting it on sale for a dollar and it just says to me, you gotta buy me. It's winter. So I, that's what I had one of those today. And sometimes if you're, if I'm really in a good mood, I'll sneak a drop, just a drop of Kahlua mm. or Bailey's or yeah. rum or rum. Or cream de mint. Any, anything, peppermint, peppermint stick. Yeah, so that's how you get the thick chocolate pudding type. How well, much cornstarch? How much? Eh, if you use two like, large heaping teaspoons of tablespoons of the cocoa, use half that much of cornstarch. You don't want it to okay. get thick and muddy, but just right. just a little, not too little. But you got to make sure it's starting to thicken, and you have to stir it a lot. And it doesn't crystallize in the microwave. Oh no! But you keep really? stirring it and stirring it. Oh, it's eat it with a spoon. It's Decadent. It's really decadent. It's also National Salesperson Day, but we'll leave that one alone. Tomorrow is Roast Chestnuts Day. Anybody do chestnuts? Chestnuts roasting on it. I'm surprised how terrible they taste. I had some one time uh, in downtown Chicago. I went down to, what was that awful play that was like eight hours long? Nicholas Nickleby or something. (laughs) And there was somebody selling roasted chestnuts. And I thought, oh, I've always wanted to try these. They're like the consistency of a baked potato. It was awful. By the way. I have to go back to Coco. Forgive me. Has anybody had the famous frozen hot chocolate at Serendipity no. in New York? Mm-mm. It's no, a famous, it's a, it's a well-known, very well, it's called Serendipity. I think they have one and two. You go in there, they, it's a luncheon place, and they, they have a frozen hot chocolate in a huge mug. I had a couple many years ago, and it's, oh, to die for. Just absolutely phenomenal. It's called frozen hot chocolate. Look it up, Serendipity. You'll find it if you're ever ever in New York again. I've heard it's, of it. And I've never gotten there, but I want you've to. You've got to. Yeah. You've got. To. I can't believe I was. I've been somewhere the three of you haven't been. This is shocking to me. <laughs> it's well, also National Free Shipping Day tomorrow. I don't know. I have. Well, you pay for free shipping on Amazon Prime because you pay every year. But free shipping day. I don't know who's shipping free. Don't quote me on that. It's also National Bouillabaisse Bays Day. Does anybody remember what Bouillabaisse Bays is? Yes, my mom used to make it. Tell us. She makes cioppino, which is the Italian version of bouillabaisse. Bouillabaisse is, for lack of a better word, uh, a fish stew, if you will. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Mm. French bouillabaisse. Perfect. Yes. Have vegetables in it, or does it have um, clams? Depends on the recipe. Um, My mom mostly was, um, we did a lot of shellfish, you know, grew up in an Italian family. You're saying your mother was shellfish? I'm sorry. Yeah, she was (laughs) I had to. That was pretty good. I wanted to do that. No, um, it depends what the, the, you know, every family has a recipe. This is true. Now, I don't want. Which part of Italy? Yeah, where? Northern or Northern? Uh, Well, we're all over. Well, all over. My father's side are from Bari, which is considered north. But if you actually look at the Italian map, mm-hmm. well, it's opposite. Rome is here. Bari is here. Oh. And the Italians said, all right, well, so we're taking Rome and we're taking Bari, which is like one of the most important cities and the most important port. Drew a line across and everything below is south and everything above is north. Oh. So my family are part Bares, uh, Calabrese, and my mom's half my mom's side are from Sicily. Mm-hmm. So I bet the Pacino is Chapino is really good. 
I don't mean to brag on my mom, but it's top notch. Go ahead. Do all the bragging you want. And by the way, we're up to Wednesday, the 15th, and that is International Tea Day. I have to tell you, Denise, there's a recipe for chai hot chocolate where Mm. they actually put three chai tea bags in with the milk or the cream and brew them, and then they add the cocoa and everything else. It's called chai hot chocolate. Sounds amazing. I have to try that. I do. It's also, uh uh-oh, it's National Cupcake Day on Wednesday and Lemon Cupcake Day. So it we'll could have be to celebrate that. We do. Mm-hmm. It's also I don't want to alarm you, but it's National Cat Herders Day. Cat uh, Herders. I will tell my wife. And Denise, I forgot, but it's Wear Your Pearls Day. I could have worn my pearls, but I wore my sparkly. Your per- pearl earring. She's mm-hmm. she's celebrating. Okay, Wednesday. That's your day. <laughs> Thursday is National. Oh, you're gonna like this chocolate covered anything day. Oh well. Nick, you mm, look disturbed. What are you gonna cover with chocolate? Should I chocolate ask? Chocolate covered espresso beans, man. Oh, well, is there anything better than that? I used to pop those things shamelessly. Shamelessly. I think everybody pops them shamelessly. It's also, I hate to hate to upset everybody, but it's Barney and Barbie Backlash Day. And the message is, I told you these are crazy. So people make these up. Just forget about Barbie and Barney for a while. That's a celebration. It's Backlash Day. In other words, aren't we tired of them? I they, they have really. Thing? I mean, is Barney the dinosaur. Is that a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barney the dinosaur who goes around the purple dinosaur goes around singing. Kids. I love you. You love That's me. That's it. Oh, no, yeah, I yeah, know yeah. Who it is. I'm they like, say, really? just forget about him for one I day. I would never Barbie. let my son watch that show because I thought he laughed like a pedophile. I couldn't stand oh. it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're gonna move on from that one. Friday the seventeenth is National Maple Syrup Day. Anybody buy maple syrup? Oh, for I it? love maple syrup. Mm-hmm. The real stuff. Yes, oh, the real stuff. Why yeah. would you have anything? Why would you have vanilla that's imitation, vanilla mm-hmm. extract, and yes. why would you have maple syrup that's not the real thing? Uh, Seriously, a flavored corn syrup does not cut it. No, me. no, 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 no. Mm-mm. None of the pretend stuff. It's got to be a little more expensive, but it's worth it, and it goes on sale once in a while. I use mm-hmm. honey a lot, but I still have maple syrup. It's also National Ugly Sweater Day. Okay, who admits? Raise your hand. Anybody have an ugly sweater? <laughs> okay, um, Denise, tell me about your ugly sweater, then Mitch. Well, I, I bought it on purpose, but it's it's a uh, it, it's a Christmas sweater that has a T-Rex with the little hands, you know, and he's wearing like a Santa hat. So that's my ugly sweater. Mitch, what's your ugly sweater look uh, like? I mean, it's not terribly ugly. It's just I wouldn't wear it any other time of the year. <laughs> it's okay. red and green, like plaid with a quarter, like a, a you know, a cardigan look thing, which is, I don't know. It's, it's Mr. It Rogers. It sounds meet. very classic to me. It's, it's, it's classic, sound. but. Uh, Nick and know, I are wondering, what's a, Nick, ugly. do you have an ugly sweater? No, I mean, yeah, briefly, you know, when I was in college because I thought it was hip and cool. And then, you know, I caught myself in the mirror on the way, you know, you know, when you're walking, you forget. And you're like, what the heck was I thinking? And I went, I got to get rid of this thing. I stopped looking in mirrors about 20 pounds ago. We'll just leave that alone. Okay. Especially leaving the room. There you go. Now, it's also National Device Appreciation Day. That means your tablet, your phones, your. Earbuds, your AirPods, your microphones, device day. I guess it's anything that's mobile, really. You're supposed to appreciate it, take care of it, plug it in. Before you replace it for Christmas. I know. I'm, I'm in that, that uh, renew the iPhone every year, but I haven't gotten around. Last year, I, it was time to renew mm. the, you know, upgrade the iPhone. I waited in 40-degree weather for an hour and a half outside an Apple store here. I won't tell you which shopping center with behind 20 people waiting to get in. And when I got there, they said, 
oh, you didn't get the mail or we're not taking the phone in exchange at the store. You're going to have to come back. I said, excuse me? Mm. I just wait. Okay, anyway, that's another story. It all worked out, but I want to make sure the store is open for people to go in this year. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Also, this is something, I'm in North Carolina, and it's the Wright Brothers Day. It commemorates the first. Yeah, I know. Do you know what our license plate slogan is? In, in North Carolina? Oh, gosh. oh first in flight. First in flight. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. It commemorates the first successful flight in a mechanically propelled airplane that was heavier than air. The planes were made by Orville, Orville and Wilbur Wright in 1903 near Kitty Hawk, North Carolina, and our license plate is first in flight. How about that? Thank you for, thank you for knowing that. Now, Saturday is, this is weird, answer the telephone like Buddy the Elf Day. Oh, okay, yes. so you're supposed to wear green. You're supposed to pick up the phone and talk like Will Ferrell's elf and say, "Buddy the elf, what's your favorite color?" Is that does that sound true? Yeah, would you do I'm that, Denise? To, yeah, that, that's that's one of the lines. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, you I love do- using the phrase uh, "he's an angry elf" whenever I'm trying to minimize someone. <laughs> I've never heard of that. I have to watch the movie again. It's also Bake Cookies Day. I bake. But anybody have banana muffins? Bananas sitting around getting a little bit. Uh, I used three bananas and I made the most fabulous banana muffins. Unbelievable over the weekend. I made two batches. I didn't eat them all. I promise I had company. Okay. <laughs> it's also National Roast Suckling Pig Day. Until I read this, I didn't know what a roast suckling pig is. It's a pig that is still suckling on its mother. It's two to three weeks old. Ooh, I know. It's, it's the veal of swine. It's, oh not, my a, God. it's not a good I'm thing. I'm sorry. It's not, well, let's it's move on to up. Sunday the 19th. It's National Hard Candy Day. That'll take our minds off the pig. It's also National Oatmeal Muffin Day, and it's Look for an Evergreen Day. So I will say if you're of the Christmas celebration type of person and it's Sunday the 19th of December and you don't have your evergreen yet, your tree... It's probably even more late than if you didn't make the Kahlua in time. Right, Denise, for New Year's oh, Eve? Yeah. yeah. Time it's, to call it, Joe Pera and get him really, to give you some advice. Did anybody see the season <laughs> ender for Michael Weatherly's show, Bull, last week? He, he was oh, supposed to order yeah. a 10-foot plump Christmas tree for his wife, and, and he was in the middle of a legal case, and they kept the court open that day, and they got a woman off on the major charge. Anyway, the tree was delivered. And he accidentally checked the box, 10-inch tree, so he walks in the house and she says, well, it's still Christmas. What can I tell you? It's very spinal tap. I know, I know. So that's the Sunday. Monday, next Sunday, Monday, I have to tell you because I'm not on the air until what time? 7 o'clock Eastern. It's Games Day. It's Go Caroling Day, and it's National Sangria Day. Does anybody still drink sangria? I do. Yes? Do you put fruit in the – Yeah. Really? What kind of wine do you use? Is it a red or a white? I use the white. Anybody else white. sangria? I haven't had it in years. A white, yeah. Peaches yeah. and pears and, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, as far as Go Caroling Day, I have to tell you, if anybody watches the, the show that's about two vets who come back from Afghanistan, it's called the United States, United States of Al. It's a sort of a comedy sitcom, but it's touchy-feely and it's cute. And they've got a divorce guy and he got his daughter and his ex-wife who's dating a doofy guy and the father kind of paunchy and the daughter who lives at home has in her 30s and she's got purple and blue and green hair. Anyway, they this guy from who's a, they met in Afghanistan and the service and they invite him to live with them. He's Al. And Al says, oh, are you going to go caroling? I heard they do that in Christmas in the United States. And the daughter with all the colored hair who is in her 30s or 40s looks at the father and she says, not if dad's sprinkler system is 
they're still working. <laughs> and then he wants so much to go caroling. They go caroling in the neighborhood and they're in the middle of singing, Rusty Jerry, a Mary Jet. And somebody else's sprinkler system goes on on the next yard and they all run away. So there you Her go. Mom. I just had to share. Yes, absolutely. It's a you know what. Let's do some uh, let's do some creativity statements. We have about 13 minutes left. So let's go around the block. I was going to say around the table. Denise, you said, I believe we're all put on this earth to create in some way. And those who haven't found their creative outlet are the ones who suffer the most. I didn't know I'd suffer in that. Denise, briefly tell me what this means. And I'll pick a statement from Nick and Mitch. Go ahead, Denise. I, I think that people that have issues with mental health and depression need to create and they don't know how to and they don't have an outlet. And I think if they had a creative outlet, they would feel so much better because they would just, I think we all need that. Whether it's welding, whether it's knitting, whether it's painting, whether it's playing piano, it, it doesn't matter what it is, but everybody needs something. Thank you very much. Thank you. Let me go pick a statement here from, let's see, Mitch, I'm on yours. Oh, I like this. Number three. I'll read it, Mitch. Creativity is always better with friends, Mitch says. While great ideas are often sparked in solitude, a talented collaborator to bounce ideas off of can greatly elevate a project. Mitch, talk to me. Uh, It's just born from experience. Uh, I mean, like, I always get, pick your friends wisely. And pick talented friends, and that respond well to that to collaboration. Respond well to critique. Will give you honest and truthful feedback, and that's a big one. So you got to have somebody that's going to be truthful with you at all times and at all costs. And if you have that person or a group of those people, you have an extremely valuable group of friends that you can really kick creativity into overdrive with. And Beautiful things, in my experience, have happened mm-hmm. with those people involved. We used to call that brainstorming. Is that the same thing? Uh, idea? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, sort of like a throw everything against the wall and best yeah. idea wins kind of scenario. And everybody pitches in and, and rallies around a particular idea and champions it. And when you've got you know two, three, or four really intensely brilliant creative people working on a single creative problem, like a magic happens. Magic happens. That's what we're looking for. Thank you. Nick Amendolari, I'm still saying it right. I have a very long statement, number one. Well, actually, I'm going to read statement number two first, then we'll get back to number one. Number two is, it's okay to be misunderstood. The nerds run the world. Oh, Nick, please tell me, are we? How are we not? It just seems like if all you got to do, when I was younger, um, I I played, I played sports, but I love comics and drawing and art. So the jocks are like, what the hell are you doing doing that? And the arty kids are like, what are you doing playing sports? Those guys are rotten. And it was very divisive then. Now things have shifted to where the hip kids back then are no longer hip. I mean, all the nerds run all the studios. They run the comic book companies unless they come out of finance. They run the films that are made from comic books. All the nerds take everything we see in front of us, the technology, the technocrats, everything came from someone who probably didn't fit in. And that's okay. The Tesla you don't car. have to. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just Look make at- your thing. And eventually, I'm not saying rule the world. I know I was being a little tongue in cheek, but you'll find your place. You don't have to check all the boxes. Heck, you don't have to check any box. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Look at the geeks Frick and the nerds. Write your right? own boxes. I know. Mm-hmm. Listen, and for, for graduate school, I went to a community college, got two degrees in computer programming, was running a statewide system. I already had a bachelor's degree in psychology, but I, I didn't have the money or the time as a young divorcee to go to real graduate school and get an MBA or a master's in psychology or something, which I wanted. So I went and got two associate's degrees on the cheap at a local college, and they hired me right away, and it changed my entire life. Awesome. So, But I was a geek. I, I, you'll, you're going to love this. I think Nick... Maybe Mitch, too. Maybe Denise. Everybody's using slide rules. I took a business statistics class. I think I was the only female in the class, and I worked all the all the uh, topics, all of the, the problems out with pencil on a piece of paper. And all, wow, my, wow. all my tests, I wrote everything by hand, and then I, I could scan my notes. And they were so pissed at me because I aced the class, but I, <laughs> I wrote everything because I love math. I was a math geek, and I liked the way numbers worked, and I liked the way numbers felt in my brain, and I liked to yeah. think about them. So I didn't want to just slide something over and say, okay, I figured it out. I wanted to do the math. Yeah. And it ended up being, I aced the class, and boy, were those guys pissed at me. How dare you? <laughs> anyway, yeah, they didn't see this New York, this Jewish New Yorker coming into a community college in Eugene, Oregon. What the hell is she doing here? <laughs> Nick? But that says a lot, though, Red, because you did it because you loved it. I did! You know, if, you, if you're pure of heart and you do, if you do it for the love, the money will come. You'll find your way. Yes, it's absolutely. Just not, it's just not the easiest path. Never the That's easiest path. The problem, and you don't. You're put in a position to explain yourself, but you really shouldn't have to. There you mm-hmm. go. I got mm-hmm. tired of explaining myself, Denise. I bet you did too, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We yeah. know. We know. Okay. One more statement from Nick, and then we're going to get ready to close. And I will do some shout outs. And if you have websites you want to share, that's fine. Nick says, even at this stage in his career, he found that the fight for the opportunity to create never goes away. And no one is going to hand it to you. In fact, often there'll be more occasions to make excuses and give up. Fighting for those moments is sexy and the world needs more creatives who can land a punch. Nick, briefly, talk to me. Mitch brought it up earlier. Um, we do a lot of writing sessions together, but lately, because of where we're gearing up for a campaign and we have to operate the business end of it, you have to fight for those creative moments. And no one is going to hand it to you. Uh, whether you're um, supplementing your income with a, a second job, whether you're your main career and you, you know, you have to do your own thing, you have to fight for every moment. You have to fight for that inch, that space. Mm-hmm. And I think as far as creatives who land a punch, it's sort of like uh, John Eldridge says, we need, you need to find the thing that you do that makes you come alive and go do that because the world needs people who come, who are alive and you have to fight for it. You know, Picasso had a hell of an output. He was a, a real rotten human, but he fought for his creativity. And I think everyone needs to, mm-hmm. no matter how silly you think your medium is. Yep. Doesn't matter. Denise agree. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I Find write your- in the morning and I write at night and I write on the weekends when I'm not working. And and it makes you feel good and right, mm-hmm. just like uh, Red said with the numbers in her head. It just yes. makes you feel mushy and happy. The sun, and the, the paintings about- too. The paintings yeah. do too. Yes. Yeah, and, you got to and- follow that. And when I was in a bigger band and playing, I used to do, before COVID, I would participate in open mic nights at taverns here in the Raleigh-Durham area. 
the thrill of going up on a stage with maybe 20, 30, or 50 people in an audience in an outdoor big yard or even in a club in a bar and taking those sticks and doing my version mm. of Mustang Sally or The Thrill Is Gone or Miss You By The Stones, something like that. You get three songs, and I will tell you, The Thrill was when one of the guys who was in the uh, Europe, the, the North Carolina Hall of Fame as a music producer kept a song going. For nine minutes, one of my songs. One night, they kept three of my songs going, Denise, for 20 minutes. Here I am in my little red disco boots, dressed all in black, which I always am, and and head to toe, makeup, red hair and everything. Everybody's in sweatshirts and jeans and torn Mm -hmm. shorts and all that stuff. And I come up and I've got 100 pounds of clothes on me. It's 98 degrees back there. (laughs) And my friends in the audience were saying, oh, my God, she's going to pass out. 20 minutes for three songs. Do you know the thrill of being able to say, I'm a creator. I'm a drummer. This is how I'm playing these songs. And they just kept going and they did more choruses and more chorus. And I said, they must, they just accepted me. Right, Nick? Yeah. They didn't know me from Adam. I just started taking lessons six months before that down the block at a school of rock. And they said, oh, she's here. She's got drumsticks. Put her up. You're welcome. And they put me on stage and they accepted me and they said, you can create here. This is a safe space. This is you a safe it. space. And it was, I got to tell you, a thrill. Almost 20 minutes with just three songs. It was just rock my rock my sticks off. It was very sweaty back there, and the sticks were going to fly out, but it was okay. It was okay. I'm banging away. Anyway, quick websites around the table. Denise, where would you like people to go? We've got three minutes left. Uh, rightbrainmedia.com, W-R-I-T-E-B-R-A-I-N-M-E-D-I-A, rightbrainmedia.com. You know I love to spell URLs, and you did it so well. I'll give you the honor. Mitch Breitweiser, where can people go to find you? AllegianceArts.com. That's Allegiance, A-L-L-E-G-I-A-N-C-E, Arts, A-R-T-S.com. And that's our whole big publishing venture. You can check out all the different titles and all the cool things we have going on and all the artists and creators we work I'm with I'm going to go visit it. Nick, where can people find you? Of course, you can find uh, our work on Allegiance Arts, but my personal website is S-N Amendolari. That's S-N-A-M-E-N-D-O-L-A-R-E dot com. Thank you very much. I have. I hope you don't go away. We're going to talk for a couple of minutes after. I want you all to put your hands together for Aaron Keller, my engineer extraordinaire. I told you before the show, he works on all my business shows under a different name. And he was 26 when I met him three years ago, and he just celebrated his 63rd birthday because we worked so hard together. Aaron, you. this is the first time Aaron has engineered Read My Lips Radio. And I think he's just saying, he's texting me, yay, I finally got to do your Monday night show. So thank you, Aaron. So I have some closing messages here. Rather than a shout out, those in my persuasion celebrated Hanukkah a few weeks ago. I still have, I haven't eaten my Hanukkah guilt. I'm saving it. And I still have my electric menorah lit. But those of you who are getting ready to celebrate Christmas and any other type of end of year celebration, I wish you love. I wish you peace. I love you health. I wish you health. I thank you all. We had so many listeners around the world this year. Thank you for making the show. I don't really care if one person listens or five listens or f- five listen or 5,000 or, or 500,000, just that somebody listened, even if it's just LLL and she tells me every week how much she enjoyed the show. Thank you for letting me come into your, your, your home, your computer, your phone, wherever you're hearing us. So thank you very much. I have one minute to close. Here are the words to live by, everybody. Listen up. Life is short. Oh, yes. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Trust me, it's the only way. Love truly, laugh uncontrollably. Everybody laugh uncontrollably. 
<laughs> there we go. And never regret anything that made you smile. And here are my final words. Work like you don't need the money. Hell, most of us do, but pretend you don't and you'll enjoy it more. The next part is dance like nobody's watching. But when I was standing on a Formica table with high heels teaching disco line dances to 250 people in a high school cafeteria in Eugene, Oregon, 30 years ago, teaching disco... Everybody watched, trust me. Then uh, last thing is sing, but like nobody's listening. I tried not to sing, but I'm sorry, Denise, I did. And love like you've never been hurt because hell, we've all been hurt. We've all been broken. We've all been disappointed. We'd all been put down in a place where we didn't want to be. Let your heart regenerate. Let it live again. Let it breathe. Let it find love. New people, new places, new things. Find something to love. It will make you a happier and healthier person. And here's my last. Money talks, chocolate sings. Last but not least, I sold this line from another host years ago. Go, thank you for turning me on. Everybody wave goodbye. <laughs> Bye, Facebook. Happy holidays. We'll be back next week. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio, presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.